I have a rather ambitious goal this morning. Uh, it's to share with you as quick as humanly possible, fear not, uh, the why. And the why is so important here. Like when, when I was a kid, uh, I understood Christmas to be, uh, frankly, isn't it cute? Yeah? Uh, God, uh, uh, Jesus as a baby. And it's as I got older that I saw how shocking that is. God as a baby. He could have just appeared as an adult. It's not like that's more shocking than rising from the dead or giving us his flesh to eat. Um, so it begins with a really simple premise that you learned when you were tiny, that God is love. And that's it. God is love. We were told that. Not that God is loving, but God is love itself. And you know, there's all kinds of love. I always talk about that. I, I, clearly, I love food. Yeah. Uh, I, I love my dog. He's pure evil. Uh, I love my dad. And those are three totally different kinds of love. What makes the love that I have with my dad and he, for me, different than the other two is that he doesn't have to love me back. That when dad acts loving toward me, he made a choice. And so that kind of love that you and I have, that's why we're so important to God, because we're the only thing left with it. Uh, uh, an animal can't be anything than, other than an animal. An angel can't be anything other than an angel. You and I can act like animals. You and I can act like angels. Our humanity is a choice for us, and it's a hard one. It's hard to be human. And so when you and I say to God, I love you, that means something different. It's a powerful thing that what makes us, like as you heard in our, our second reading, where the author of Hebrews says, what angel did God look at and say, that's my son? No, he, he says that to you and to me. Because when you and I choose to follow Jesus, we had to work for that. It's hard. Our natural inclination is to follow ourselves, is to do what we want. It's hard to be human. I think the best way to think of it, again, is, is if you don't mind, my, my dog, again, who is pure evil. I have never disciplined him a day in his life. Yeah, I'm very well trained. <laughs> When my dog, quote, unquote, feels something, he does it. And if he doesn't do it, it's because he's been trained. It's not because he sat and thought about it. For you and I, we can think about doing right or doing wrong, and we can pick one. And we can pick the one that hurts us just because we know it's right. We do that all the time. That's free will. And that's why we're so precious to God. When you say I love you to the Lord, when you woke up this morning, and I'll bet some of you really early, yeah, because of short people in your house, yes? No one found that funny. When you woke up this morning, you made a choice. We're going to go to church. And I'll bet it would be easier for you not to have gone. 
That's beautiful. That's your gift to the Lord. That's why you're alive. And here's the key. The reason it's hard to do the right thing is because our nature got broken at some point. At some point, human nature got bent. And so it's easier for us to act like animals than it is to act like an angel. It's always easier to sin. It's always more attractive to sin. I tell people, if sin is not appealing to you on some level, you're probably doing it wrong. The idea of, I can do whatever I feel like doing, we actually pretend that's freedom. When what, I I get to do whatever I feel like doing, that's slavery. It's slavery to how we feel, something we have no control over. Our nature got broken. And at some point, it became much easier to sin. And that broken human nature is the source of a great many of our troubles, right? As Christians, we have three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And when we talk about the world, we mean these all-pervasive ideas that are contrary to Christianity and very easy. Yeah, not the globe. The globe's beautiful. God made it. But the world is like these ideas that all of a sudden, and boy, isn't there a ton of these recently, that just pop up and say, no, this is true. This is right. That's the world. The devil, I don't need to get into him. Right? He loves the attention. But a fallen angel who personally and collectively hates you. But then that third enemy is the flesh. And we don't mean our skin. Again, our skin is sacred. It's beautiful. Well, mine is. I don't know what that was. It's early and I've done 50 masses, okay? But uh, our flesh is that spoiled little child inside of each of us that just wants what it wants. And we'll do what it takes to make sure we get what we want. My way or the highway. That's the flesh. And that comes from our broken nature. And man, it makes a train wreck. It's a wreck. When we look at all the problems in the world, in the country, and in the church, sweet Lord, it's awful. And we always have our theories, and it usually is because the other side is a wreck, yeah? But the truth is, we are the problem. We participate in evil all the time. We support evil people because... They'll go ahead and agree with us on what we hope is true. We lie. We gossip. We do all these awful things. And we know we shouldn't and we don't want to. See what you think of this quote. Quote, I do not understand myself. I never do the good things I want to do. I do the things I hate. I set my mind about doing what is right, but then I find that while my spirit is willing, my flesh is weak. Who will save me from this wretched condition? Have you ever heard that quote? Yeah, St. Paul. The guy who wrote three quarters of the New Testament. The one that the other apostles call the apostle. And what did he nail our human condition? That's in Romans chapter 7, verse 14. I don't get me. 
It's a kind of moral insanity that grips all of us. And so what is God's answer? Is it to come down and bully us into submission? No, that's what we would do. We would do it nicely, but it's what we would do. Was God's solution when he saw our plight to, to look at us in the mud and go, oh no, that, that's not mud, it's really nice. Was God's solution to wave a magic wand and fix us? Not at all. Is the baby in the manger here? Is he in there? Because if I point and he's not, it's weird. All right, that's his solution. He took on our human nature. That the greatest thing that ever happened to humans happened in the womb of our mother. That God took his divine nature and joined it to our human nature in the person of Jesus Christ. And that's what we celebrate today. That God saw what a wreck we were making of things. And he heard our cry, Lord, I want to do what's right. And he said, we're going to take my divine and we're going to mix it with your human. Every human changed to the moment Jesus was conceived in his mother's womb. Remember that great line Jesus said about John the Baptist? He said, there's never been a greater man born of a woman than John the Baptist. But the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Our nature changed. Because in the same way that Adam and Eve's sin changed all of humans, Jesus saying yes to the Father and being born, that changed all humans. This divine echo shot through every human. And now inside of you, is divine nature along with the human. And what did he do with it? Well, he did what you do. He got beat up. He got run down. He got loved deeply. And he got betrayed horribly. Every human experience that is not sin, he experienced so that he could add the divine to it. Do you remember when it said that, that Jesus heard his friend Lazarus died and he cried? And it's, I think, the shortest verse in the Bible. Quote, Jesus wept. Why would that get a whole verse? Because tears became holy that day. Tears became holy the first time Jesus cried. Your tears became holy. This is crazy, beautiful love, you guys. He came to our rescue. And we start our church calendar with this, right? For the church, the calendar starts on our countdown to Christmas. And then the rest of the church's year, we're following this cycle. Where did Jesus take our humanity? Well, next week, we celebrate how Jesus made family holy. He chose to be born in a family with a mom and a dad. And so families are holy. So that's our first celebration because it's the first thing that happened. And then we're just going to go on and on through the life of Jesus up to the, this one, the best one for us, the worst one for him when he put our sinful nature to death on the cross and then rose because here's the kicker, here's the secret ending, his divine nature is stronger. 
All of our brokenness wasn't enough to keep him dead. God help you people, that's the short version. And most of my life, you know what I was told Catholicism was? Well, don't do that. Oh, do this. That's Catholicism. No, those are symptoms of Catholicism. Because I can refrain from doing the things I'm not supposed to on my willpower. But then I'll become controlling and cruel. No, Christianity is this. You and I looking at what happened here and saying, you are worth my everything. And I will follow you till I'm dead. And the don'ts and the do's, those are symptoms of that. So brothers and sisters, let's let this moment refine Christianity to its golden nugget. That right at the heart of this is a recognition that love itself is so in love with me that it did something insane. It entered the mess with us and transformed it into holiness. You are never alone. You are never powerless. The divine and the human are in you trying hard to get you to the kingdom of heaven. And there is nothing in this world that you want more than God wants you. So say yes to him today. Say yes to him tomorrow. And you keep on saying yes. And let your yeses and your nos and your do's and your don'ts be a response to a relationship, not the relationship itself. And that Jesus will be born anew in you. Jesus will be born anew in a broken world. And we will be part of the answer that God has given. Amen? Amen. Okay.